Orange Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to week three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's the Ragers Show. You know what it's all about here. We are a show that is exclusively focused on fantasy football, Broncos sports betting. We're all about the Broncos, but we love looking at it through this sort of fantasy sports betting realm. And if you're just joining us on week three, we are six one and one. The Broncos might be 0-2, but Ragers is whooping butt. We've won six bets. We've pushed one bet, and the only bet that we've lost this year up to this date is due to the Philip Lindsay injury. We are on flipping fire. Again, we are Orange Weekly. We are your best source for Broncos information. We're all about fans, brews, and Broncos news. And this week, I cannot wait to sit down with you all and break down the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to town, coming to Mile High. We got 5,000 fans. It is going to be something else. Again, my name is Ray. It's Ragers, right? Ray, Ragers. Y'all get it figured out here. And each week, I'm going to be joined by my buddy, Jared. Jared, how you doing? I'm messing with y'all. Jared can't be here with us this week. So normally, Jared goes, hey, man, I'm good, blah, 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 go Broncos type of stuff. And he always says, what time is it? And y'all know what time it is. Time to drink our beer. This week, I got Youth Brigade Triple IPA. I'm feeling a little froggy today. 11% alcohol by volume. It's by Black Bottle Brewery in Fort Collins. Don't drink too many of these. You're going to be laying down. You'll be asleep before the Broncos game even begins. But here we go. Cannot wait to break down the game with you all. And before we even get going, remember, we're doing it here every week with Ragers. I want to make sure that y'all get a little bit of education, right? Understand the ins and outs of sports betting. And this week, I want to introduce the uh, the concept of reverse line movement. And so, if we're looking at the Broncos game, Broncos have been hovering around a minus, or I'm sorry, a plus six and a half, plus seven point underdog all week long. I checked this today; they're at plus five. So that tells me that something's happened. When we dig and we look at the sports betting here, what we're seeing is that over seventy percent of the money is coming in on the Broncos side. So when we look at this reverse line, what we're trying to find is a discrepancy between the betting public's opinion and where the dollars and cents are. So right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting about 65% of the bets. So 65% of the average Joes like you and me that are walking into the sports book or cooking your FanDuel or your DraftKings, 65% of those people are taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, the line moved in the Broncos' favor. And the reason why is because the Broncos are getting over 70% of the cash money. So every time you and I, us Jamoka jokes, are putting in our $25, $50 bets, what we're seeing is some big-time dollars are coming in, $10,000, $15,000, $100,000 bets. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't seen any major tickets yet. But big money is coming in on the Broncos' side. So this is an interesting thing. This tells us that the smart money, what they typically say in the business, the smart money, the shark money, the money with the big time sports bettors is actually coming in on the Broncos side. And so when I'm talking about these reverse line movements, again, what that means is that the line, even though the vast majority of the bets are coming on one side of the spread, the spread moves in the opposite direction. And that's something that we've seen with the with the Broncos spread this week. Again, opening up at about sorry, plus six and a half, plus seven in most sports book. Right now, we're seeing plus five uh, hanging out all over FanDuel and DraftKings and all of those. And that's because there's been quite a bit of smart money. Now, that would indicate to a, a, a sports better that, hey, there's something going on here. This is where the smart money is. I should probably act on this. 
Now, before y'all go, put your mortgage on the Broncos plus five. I'm going to pump the brakes for a second. This is a game that I'm probably going to avoid the spread this week, and I'll tell you what. If we're thinking about Driscoll and all of the things that have come out of camp, when we were thinking about camp, he had no preseason, right? The guy's played seven. He started seven games in his career. I think he's one in six in the games that he started in his career. But we think about camp, what we heard from camp over and over and over was Driscoll would have a good day, then he would have a bad day. Then he would have a good day, then he would have a bad day. And then he would he would look really good, but then he would look like Jeff Driscoll again. And so that's the piece that's really making me incredibly nervous. Hey, listen. Ain't no qualms about it. Jeff Driscoll balled out last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had no reason in hell to be in that game. Jeff Driscoll came in. He popped. He played tremendously well. Great big long balls down the field. He did. He looked really, really great. Caution you on two things. One, oftentimes in the league, when we see a backup quarterback come into the game, they tend to do pretty darn good. And the reason why is because the opposing defense hasn't schemed for that quarterback. They spent all week long preparing for Drew Locke. Drew Locke goes down on the first or second drive. Boom, they get Jeff Driscoll. It's basically like a brand new slate. They don't have any game plan in place for Jeff Driscoll. Tend to see backup quarterbacks come into the game. They tend to pop. That's just the way things work. That's just the way that the league works. It's it's. I don't know, history, it's a trend. Check it out. I, I promise you, if you've seen enough games, you've noticed this trend. Now, that, of course, that shows that Jeff Driscoll probably had a pretty solid game. That coupled with this sort of yo-yo, good game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game, or good bad practice, bad practice that we've seen from Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, I have no interest in touching that plus five. The money would say, the dollars would say, take the Broncos plus five with this reverse line movement. Ray Rangers is going to say, leave that line alone. I, ne- I don't necessarily have any interest in taking a look at that line and looking at these things. So without further ado, let's break down the position groups. Generally, I got my boy Jared here, but he sent me his notes. Don't you worry about it. I got you all covered. Let's break down these position groups, uh, position by position, and see what we have going on. First thing, as I'm looking at this game, as I started handicapping this game, as I started thinking about this game, I had tremendous, tremendous deja vu. This game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers feel just like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have an incredibly powerful front front seven. One of the top defenses in the league. Again, if you look at the pro football focus numbers on this, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are grading out right now as the fourth overall defense in the entire league. Pittsburgh Steelers graded out as the number one defense in the entire league. But we see a really tremendous front seven. Incredible edge rushers, incredible linebacker play and pretty dang good safety play over the top. The weakness, again, this week, looking at the comparison to last week with the Pittsburgh Steelers, tends to be their cornerbacks. And I think that they have a pretty star-studded cast out there, and they just tend to be the weakest position group on the defensive side of the ball. Interesting, right? We think about last week, Driscoll, uh, seven sacks, 19 quarterback hits. This is starting to feel exactly like one of those games again. And not to mention, they got Tom Brady, right? So we're not sure how this interplay is going to work. My guess is I'm thinking through this with Jeff Driscoll at the helm, and we're looking at the potentially the um, coaching strategy of the week is going to keep Jeff Driscoll upright and not give the ball back to Tom Brady so often. So what is that a recipe for? Run the ball. Now, I know what you're thinking. Dang it, that front seven looks as good as it gets, right? This front seven was just as good. Um... As the Pittsburgh Steelers front seven, why the heck are we going to run the ball? Let's look at last week. Melvin Gordon, first four carries, 
44 yards out the gate. Banging. No questions. We took that Rager last week. Hopefully you took it too. We basically covered uh, the Rager bet in the first line, in the first drive with that insane push. After that, Melvin Gordon, though, 11 carries, I think, for like 14 yards. Something insane like that. And I think he popped a couple late in the game. Um, so we, we see an interesting trend here. The defense That tells me that the offensive line can move the ball just a little bit, right? It also tells me that they're going to feed Melvin Gordon. They don't care if Melvin Gordon is getting one yard a carry. They're going to put the ball in his hands. Listen, do me a favor right now. If you're a sports better and you're looking at all these things, if you have a bell cow running back in this league, that is projected to be around 50 yards rushing for the day. Take it. Take the over. Because history would tell us that they're going to get 12, 13, 16, 17 carries in the game. All they need to really average is about three to three and a half yards a carry. That should easily cover the 50 yards. Melvin Gordon averaging 75 yards a game, 4.5 yards per carry. I think based on the pace of the game, the attempts to keep Jeff Driscoll upright, the wanting to keep Tom Brady off the field, we're going to see a very slow-paced game. I'm hedging my other bet here. I'm going to tell you my other bet here in a second. And we're going to see Melvin Gordon eat the ball. He's going to have the ball. He's going to be hungry. They're going to feed him because they don't literally, they literally don't have another option. If we look at this right now, Melvin Gordon sitting at 59.5 yards rushing. Actually, I see it on FanDuel right now sitting at 56.5 all the way through. DraftKings sitting at 59.5. I, I like the number, I think, at this point. I, I think I'm comfortable, again, with the 60-yard sort of deal because, again, he's averaged two 75-yard games. That's what he's had so far. Plus, he did he dropped about 75 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which has a slightly better defense than the one we're going to see. They're going to keep Jeff Driscoll upright. They're going to hand him the ball. I'm going to stick with Melvin Gordon for a second. His receiving yards right now are at 17.5 receiving yards. This is another line that I really, really like because, again, if you're going to slow down the pass rush, high percentage pass plays, what are you going to do? Dink and dunk. Jeff Driscoll is going to get a little nervous. I think he's going to get a couple of catches this week. I like both of these lines. Um, if you're feeling froggy and you want to take the, the rushing yards and the passing yards together, you're more than welcome to do that. I am endorsing either one of these lines. I might end up taking both myself. Um, but if you get Melvin Gordon under 60 yards rushing, so I, if you're anywhere in the 50s, I'm going to take the over this week. And if you got Melvin Gordon's receiving yards anywhere in the anywhere in the teens, anything under 20, take the over. So those are my two Melvin Gordon plays. Again, slow pace game. Keep Jeff Driscoll upright. And we want to make sure that we keep Tom Brady off the field. That tells me running back, high percentage throws, some of those bits and pieces. That's something I really, really love um, this week. In that vein. If you have Melvin Gordon sitting on your fantasy roster right now, one of two things. Number one, play him. No doubt he is a he is a mid mid round. He's a he's a middle of the pack RB two this week with RB one upside. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he's scored in every game this year. He's he's got tremendous potential. Melvin Gordon does. If you have Melvin Gordon on your team, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Hedge your bet a little bit. He might be trade fodder right now. It looks like Philip Lindsay's on pace to come back next week. When Philip Lindsay was in there in the first half, the splits, the carries were split about 50-50 in the first half of the first game. Looks like he is on pace to come back on that Thursday night football game against the Jets. If you got a diehard Bronco fan in your league that you know is looking at Melvin Gordon and chomping at the bit, I would give a trade to Melvin Gordon. I think he is incredible trade bait this week. I think he is worth the trade, um, only because when Phil Lindsay is there, I really do trust that kid, man. He he is he is a 
When his back's against the wall, man, that guy, there ain't nobody better in the league than Philip Lindsay. So I'm just throwing that out there. But this week, I think Melvin Gordon is a middle of the tier running back two, no doubt a running back two starter with running back one upside over 59.5 yards rushing, over 17.5 yards receiving because the Broncos literally have no other option or Jeff Driscoll might die. I mean, literally. It, it ain't going to be COVID that's going to get him. It's going to be Shaq Barrett that's going to get Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Oh, oh, Pierre Paul, seven-finger Pierre Paul. Oh, and Dama Kinsu. Have you heard of any of these people? Jeff Driscoll might die this week if they don't hand the ball off 20 times to Melvin Gordon. Signed, sealed, delivered. That is a rager. So let's follow that up. Receiving, no offense, is a bad, bad, bad man. He's basically only played one half each game, right? Had an incredible first half of the first game, did nothing the second half, Had a, did nothing the first half of the first game, or second game, I'm sorry, did everything in the second half. He's basically played two halves, has like over 100 yards receiving, and has scored in both games. That dude is a bad dude. He is, I'm saying this, I'm looking at you, I'm saying this, I'm, hopefully you can hear me. Noah Fent is the best player on the Denver Broncos today. He is the best player player on the Denver Broncos today. Noah Fant is the only top five, top seven player in any position on the Denver Broncos roster with the exception of maybe Justin Simmons. Other than that, there is not a single Bronco that is in the top five, top seven conversation at their position at this current juncture in the league. So Noah Fant is our best player. His receiving yards are sitting right there at 44.5 yards. He seems to be a comfort blanket for Jeff Driscoll. I like it where it is. Um, Again, no offense, 44 yards receiving. He's the best player that we have on offense. I think he's got – He this line is worth a look. I like it in the 40s. I think he's got another 50-yard game in hell. I don't even know. He might even get in the end zone again. I, I have no idea. But he's our best player. I think that it's worth a ride looking at that. The other receiver that we're looking at, of course, is Jerry Judy. He's sitting at 41.5 yards again this week. Um, I love Judy in the 40s. I think it's a great place for him. I love uh, what he's been able to do. He's got a little bit of the drop seas, but I think, again, the weakness against the Tampa Bay is the um, – is their outside cornerbacks is their only weak part of their defense. Of course, number four defense in the league. I think um, Jerry Judy has got a shot here at 41 yards as well. So before I sign, seal, deliver one of those two plays, I want to give you um, my rager and I'll come back to that. I like the under in this game. Set at 43 right now. Again, I have no interest in touching the plus five, plus five and a half, wherever you can find the Broncos right now. No interest in that. I like the under 43 in this game. I typically don't like to bet unders, but let me tell you why I think under 43 is rock solid. This game goes one of two ways. Listen, Broncos country, hey, don't kill the messenger. The Broncos stink right now. We're on pace for maybe like a four-win season. At this point in time, we're only projected to be the favorite in one game the remaining rest of the season. The Broncos are, are a three, four-win team at this point in time. I'm sorry, don't kill me. Um, we have the highest amount of our salary cap tied up in our injury reserve list right now. There's nothing we can do. And, and you know, I'm going to disagree with a couple of our folks on the Orange Weekly podcast. I think Vic Vangio is a bottom five coach in the NFL. I I, I don't I don't like his charisma. I don't like the way he's leadership style. And he's blown way too many games for me in his first 18 games as a head coach. I think the dude's a bottom five co coach. I know there's other folks on the Orange Weekly podcast, Orange Weekly shows. I think Vic Vangio might be a top five coach. I have no idea. I, I think he's terrible. So. With that being said, the Broncos stink. 
Period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're not going to hear anything from me. I love the Broncos. I love betting the Broncos. We're going to make money on the Broncos. It doesn't matter to me. None. They suck. With that being said, this game goes one of two ways. Number one, they're going to get their asses kicked and they're going to get blown out. If they get blown out, it's going to be a score like 30 to 6. 27-10, something like that. The Broncos are going to get their butts blown out, and we're going to be seeing a score right around the 38 to 40 mark. I think 43 covers that easily. Or, back to the strategy, to keep Jeff Driscoll upright, they're going to just try to have long, prolonged drives, play the time of possession game, play the field possession game, and they they, they gut it out, and they're a 17-14 type of game. Of course, that clearly is under the mark that we're going to look at this week. I like the under. The betting public likes the over. The vast majority of the money is on the over right now. The vast majority of the bets coming in are on the over right now. I think that's because they see Tom Brady and the high potency of that arm and and potentially that offense that they have over there. I don't think Tom Brady's going to drop 35 on us, but I think Tom Brady's going to be scoring. He'll he'll be scoring in the 20s. Uh, I think the Broncos score seven, maybe 10. That's it. Game signs he'll deliver. So, I'm going to take the under. I like Melvin Gordon's rushing yards. I like Melvin Gordon's receiving yards. I like the under. With that being said, that means I think we're going to be down. And and right now, um, Driscoll is projected to have 220 passing yards. That means the yards have to come from somewhere. I'm saying 20 of those yards are already tied up in Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon has like a four-catch, 38-type-of-yard type of day. So I... I would go with your gut. If you like Jerry Judy slightly better and because you can't trust Noah Fant or you like Noah Fant because, like I said, he's the top. He's probably the top player that we have on the Broncos side, I would say pick one or the other if you are you. I'm going to lean just slightly towards Noah Fant because of how well-established he is, because of the way that he has been so powerful. Um, all, the, all the coaching staff has gotten questions all week long about, hey, how come you're, Noah Fant's only playing one half this or they're not doing something the other half? I'm in. I'm going to take Noah Fant again, 44 years. Until he burns me, until I hit that hand on the stove and he burns me again, I'm going to take Noah Fant over 44.5 receiving yards. I think that the guy is going to have a nice, another nice game. Again, he's the only weapon that we have. Jerry Judy, he's a nice addition, but Jerry Judy's not a, he's not a top 10. He's not a top 15 receiver. He might be playing our wide receiver one, but he's a rookie with two games in a, in a case of the yips right now. I mean, so I think Jerry Judy probably covers the 40 yards. I My, my gut tells me he's going to cover that, but I like uh, Noah Fant slightly better only because he's our best player right now on the offensive side of the ball. And he he still has the highest catch yards after the catch. Remember all of all of 2019 season, most yards after the catch. The guy is dynamite. If we get a matchup that we like, he just takes two or three catches and he's he is gone. So under slow pace game, Melvin Gordon, love him. I just love him because they they have no other option to keep Jeff Driscoll upright except for feed Melvin Gordon as much as they possibly can. I like Jerry Judy or Noah Fant. I'm going to go Noah Fant because that's where I think that the true value is because of the reliability with Noah Fant. He's also not 11 targets, nine catches. I really like that ratio, no drops. I really like what Noah Fant's got going on. I'm going to throw you a little curveball here. I typically don't do this. I typically don't do this. I'm going to give you a Tampa Bay Buccaneer play. And I love Rob Gronkowski's yards this week. Rob Gronkowski right now is slated to go 13 yards. That's his over-under. One catch, 13 yards. That's where his over-under is. Week one, he had three targets, two catches, 11 yards. Week two, zero catches, one target. I don't know what the deal is with Rob Gronkowski right now, but he's like Tom Brady's right-hand man. The Broncos are notoriously horrible at guarding tight ends. I think 
Tom Brady knows this. I Rob Gronkowski, 13 yards. That just means literally just one catch. I love Rob Gronkowski over 13.5 yards receiving this week. Um, I think the again, I think the Buccaneers have a heyday. Uh, what do we got? Evans on wide one side and Godwin on the other side. Take your pick. AJ Boye is terrible. I, Tom Brady's going to eat him up. I mean, both those guys are projected to have 65, 70 yards this week. So you take your pick. If you're feeling froggy and you want to bet against Broncos, go for it. But the one that I really do love when I was looking at the Lions is Rob Gronkowski, 13 and a half yards. For me, that's one one catch. He can get 13 yards, no problem. Uh, the fact that he had three targets week one, zero targets last week, I think that there's um, – I think Rob Gronkowski is going to get a couple targets, especially knowing the weakness of the Denver Broncos and our inability to guard those tight ends. So I threw a bunch of crap at you. But here's the reality. Again, I'm not going to sugarcoat this Broncos country. We suck. We are the 31st ranked offense in the entire NFL right now, according to Pro Football Focus. We have the 32nd ranked special teams, the worst special teams in the entire league, according to Pro Football Focus. And we have like the 12th ranked defense. We're going against Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, with the fourth ranked defense in the entire league, according to Pro Football Focus, like the ninth ranked offense, and I think like the 11th ranked team overall in the entire league. Um, I think the Broncos right now, according to Pro Football Focus, are ranked 30th on their power index right now, 30th in the league. This does not feel like a good game for me. I'm staying away from the plus five, even though we saw the crazy line movement, the the reverse line movement that we talked about at the start, right, where the big money is coming in on the Broncos side, even though the vast majority of the bets are on the Buccaneers side. I'm staying away. I I, I don't trust Jeff Driscoll. I I think the guy is a journeyman quarterback with what he's got, eight starts in the league and one win. Don't like it. Hate that. But with that being said, I think they're going to have to attempt to control the pace of the game because he got killed last week. Literally, it ain't going to be COVID. It's going to be in Dama suit. It's going to kill Jeff Driscoll. So I think Melvin Gordon is the strategy this week. I think they're going to ride him. I think they're going to feed him. I think he's going to have 18 carries, four catches. He's going to have a monster day. He'll probably have about 100 all-purpose yards. I like Melvin Gordon this week. I'm taking over on his rushing yards over on his receiving yards. With that being said, the only other option that we have to throw the ball to really is Noah Fant. KJ Hamler is a nice addition. Um, he's a sneaky uh, waiver wire pickup for you in your fantasy leagues. I really like KJ Hamler right now. Uh, but I, I, again, such rookie team. Jeff Driscoll, I think Noah Fant's our only true option with his yard sitting at 44. I think that that's a great pick for you all. And again, I don't typically do this, but I like Rob Gronkowski's over 13.5 yards. That's one, two, three, four. Rager, five Ragers for you. Look at, look, I'm, I'm feeding y'all this week. Five Ragers for you. I'm six, one, one on the year. This isn't no dang fluke. It ain't no dang lie. If you want to make some money, this is the place to be. Sorry, Jared couldn't be with us this week, but that's all right. Listen, Jared keeps texting me bets and he keeps taking other bets besides where he's losing all of his damn money. And I'm over here just counting my dollar, dollar bills. Hopefully you've made some money again. We are Orange Weekly. We are your best source for Broncos content. We got live shows, podcasts, pregame shows, postgame shows. We live broadcast during shows. We got halftime shows. We got shows that literally, if you listen here, take my bets. You put money in your pocket. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that share button. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, Broncos news. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Raja, we is out. Let's make some money. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.